Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and the Battle of the Labyrinth. Also, please uh, please do go to podbean.com or download the app Podbean and um, comment, is this better or worse? Because right now, usually I have a headset when I'm recording, but now I just let my phone lie which is what I record from, because yes, I'm not rich, and I don't have myself a PC, Um, even though I wish I did. Yeah, but without further ado, let's get on with the chapter. Chapter 8. We visit the Demon Dude Dude Ranch. We finally stopped in a room full of waterfalls. The floor was one big pit, ringed with with a slippery stone walkway. Around us, on all four walls, water trucks tumbled from huge pipes. The water spilled down into the pit, and even when I shone a light, I couldn't see the bottom. Briar slumped against the wall. He scooped up water in a dozen hands and washed his face. This pit goes straight to Tartarus, he murmured. I should jump in in and save you trouble. Don't talk that way, Anbeth told him. You can come back to camp with us. You can help us prepare. You know about fighting titans more than anybody. I have nothing to offer. Briar said. I've lost everything. What about your brothers? Tyson asked. The other two two must still stand as tall as mountains. We can take you to them. Briar's expression morphed into something even sadder. His grieving face. They are no more. They faded. The waterfalls thundered. Tyson stared into the pit and blinked tears out of his eyes. What do you mean exactly they faded? I asked. I thought monsters were immortal like the gods. Percy, Carver said weakly, even immortality has limits. Sometimes, sometimes when monsters are forgotten, and they will, they'll lose their will to stay immortal. Looking at Grover's face, I wondered if you were thinking of Pan. I remembered something Medusa had said once. How her sisters, the two Gorgons, passed on and left her alone. Then, last year, Apollo had said something about the old... God Helios disappearing and leaving him with the as the duties of the sun god. I'd never thought about it too much, but now, looking at Briars, I realized how terrible terrible it must be to be so old. Thousands and thousands of years old, and really alone. I must go, Briars said. Cronus's army will invade camp, Tyson said. We need help. Briars hung his head. I cannot, Cyclops. You're strong! Not, not anymore. Briars rose. Hey, I grabbed one of his arms and pulled him aside. When the roar of the water uh, hi- wouldn't hide our words. Briars, we need you. In case you haven't noticed, Tyson believes in you. He risked his life for you. I told him every- everything. Luke's invasion plan, the labyrinth entrance at camp, Daedalus' Dedal- workshop, Kronos' golden coffin. Briars shook his head. I cannot, demigod. I do not have a finger gun to win this game. To prove his point, he made 100 finger guns. Maybe that's why monsters fade, I said. Maybe because they don't want to... Maybe it's nor about what the mortals believe. Maybe it's because you give up on yourself. His pure brown eyes regarded me. His face morphed into an expression I recognized. Shame. Then he turned his, and trudged off down the corridor and he, lo- and he was lost in the shadows. Tyson sobbed. It's okay. Grover hesitated, hesitantly patted 
patted his shoulder, which must have taken all his courage. Tyson sneezed. It's not okay, goat boy. He was my hero. I wanted to make him feel better, but I wasn't sure what to say. Finally, Annabeth stood and shouldered her backpack. Come on, guys. This pet is making me nervous. Let's find a better place to camp for the night. We settled in a corridor made of huge marble blocks. It looked like it could have been part of a Greek tomb, with bronze torch holders fastened to the walls. It had to be an old, older part of the maze, and Annabeth decided this was a good sign. We must be close to Daedalus's workshop, she said. Get some rest, everybody. We'll keep going into the morning. How do we know what it's morning, Grover asked. Just rest, she insisted. Grover didn't need to be told twice. He pulled a heap of straw out of his pack, ate some of it, made a pillow of the rest, and was snoring in no time. Tyson took longer to get to sleep. He tinkered with some metal scraps from his building kit for a while, but whatever he was making, he wasn't happy with it. He kept disassembling the pieces. I'm sorry I lost the shield, I told him. It worked, you worked so hard to repair it. Tyson looked up. His eye was bloodshot from crying. Do not worry, brother. You saved me. You would have had, had to if Briars had helped. You wouldn't have had to if Briars had helped. He was just scared, I said. I'm sure he'll get over it. He's not strong, Tyson said. He's not important anymore. He heaved a big, sad sigh and closed his eye. The metal pieces fell out of his hand, still unassembled, and Tyson began to snore. I tried to fall asleep myself, but I couldn't. Something uh, something about getting chased by a large dragon lady with poisonous swords made it hard to relax. I picked up my bedroll and dragged it over to where Annabeth was sitting, keeping watch. I sat down next to her. You should sleep, she said. Can't. You doing all right? Sure. First day leading the quest, just great. We'll get there, I said. We'll find the workshop before Luke does. She brushed her hair out of her face. She had a smudge of dirt on her chin, and imagined she what she must have looked like when she was little, wandering around the country with Dahlia and Luke. When she, once she'd saved them from the mansion of the evil Cyclopses when she was only eleven, when she was only seven, even when she looked scared, like now, I knew she had a lot of guts. I just wish the quest was logical, she complained. I mean, we're traveling, but we have no idea where we'll end up. How can you walk from New York? to California in a day. Space isn't the same in the maze. I know, I know, it's just... She looked at me hesitantly. Percy, I was kidding myself. All that planning and reading, I don't have a clue where we're going. You're doing great. Besides, we never know what we're doing. It always works out. Remember Cersei's Island? She snorted. You made a cute guinea pig. In Waterland, how you got... How you got us thrown off that ride? I got us thrown off? That was totally your fault. See? It'll be fun. It'll be fine. She smiled. Which I was glad to see. Smile faded quickly. Percy, what did Hera mean when she said, you know the way out through the maze, to get through the maze? I don't know, admitted. Honestly. You tell me if you did? Sure, maybe. Maybe what? Maybe if you told me the last line of the prophecy would help. Ambeth shivered. Not here, not in the dark. What about the choice Janice, Janice, Janice mentioned? Hera said, Stop, Ambeth snapped. Then she took a shaky breath. I'm sorry, Percy, I'm just stressed. But I don't, I don't, I don't want to think about it. 
We sat in silence, listening to strange creaks and groans in the maze. The echo of stones grinding together as tunnels changed, grew, and expanded. The dark made me think about the visions I'd seen of Nico D'Angelo, and suddenly I realized something. Nico's down here something. Somewhere, I said. That's how he disappeared from camp. He found the labyrinth. Then he found a path that led down even further to the underworld. But now he's back in the maze. He's coming after me. Annabeth was quiet for a long time. Percy, I hope you're wrong. But if you're right... She stared at the flash, flashlight beam casting a dim circle on the stone wall. I had a feeling she was thinking about her prophecy. I'd never seen her look more terrified. How about I take first watch, I said. I'll make you... I'll wake you if anything happens. Annabeth looked like she wanted to protest, but she just nodded, slumped onto her bedroll, and closed her eyes. When it was my turn to sleep, I dreamed I was back in the old man's labyrinth. It looked more like a workshop now. Tables were littered with measuring instruments. A forge burned red hot in the corner. The boy seemed to be, I'd seen in the last dream, was stoking the bellows, except he was taller now, almost my age. A weird... A funnel device was attached to the forge's chimney, trapping the smoke and heat and channeling it through a pipe into the floor next to the, a big bronze manhole cover. It was daytime. The sky above was blue, but the walls of the maze cast deep shadows across the workshop. After being in tunnels for so long, I found it weird that part of the labyrinth could be open to the sky. Somehow that made the maze seem even a little crueler, like a crueler place. The man looked sick. The old man looked sickly. He was terribly thin, his hands raw and red from working. White hair covered his eyes, and his tunic was smudged with grease. He was bent over a table, working on some kind of long metal patchwork, like a swath of chain mail. He picked up a delicate curl of bronze and fitted it into place. Done, he announced. It's done. He picked up his project. It was so beautiful, my heart leaped. Metal wings constructed from thousands of interlocking bronze feathers. There were two seats. One still lay on the table. There were two sets. One still lay on the table. Daedalus stretched the frame, and the winds expanded to seven and a half meters. Part of me knew it would it could never fly. It was too heavy, and there would be no way off to get off the ground. But the craftsmanship was amazing. Metal feathers caught the light and flashed thirty different shades of gold. The boy left the boy left the bellows and ran over to see. He grinned, despite the fact that he was grinny, grimy and sweaty. Father, you're a genius. The old man smiled. Tell me something I don't know, Icarius. Now hurry. It will take at least an hour to attach them. Come on. You first, Icarius said. The old man protested, but Icarius insisted. You made them, father. You should get the honor of wearing them first. The boy attached the leather harness to his father's chest. A climbing gear with straps that ran from his shoulders to his wrists. Then he began fastening on the wings using a metal canister that looked like an enormous hot glue gun. The wax compound should hold for several hours, Daedalus said nervously as the sun worked. But we must set it first. But it, we must let it set first. And we still, and we would do well to avoid flying too high or too low. The sea would would get wet on the wax seals. And the sun's heat would loosen them, the boy finished. Yes, father, we've been through this a million times. One cannot be too careful. I have a complete faith in your inventions, father. No one is ever as smart as you. The old man's eyes shone. He was obviously he 
loved his son more than anything in the world. Now I will do your wings and give mine a chance to set properly. Come. It was it was slow going. The old man's hands fumbled with the straps. He had a hard time keeping the wings in position while he sealed them. His own metal wings seemed to weigh him down, getting him to on his way while he tried to work. Too slow, the old man muttered. I'm too slow. Take your time, father, the boy said. The guards aren't due until... Boom! Workshop, workshop door shuttered. Dedalus was, had barely... Had bared them from the inside with a wooden brace, but they still had... But they still shook on their hinges. Hurry! Icarius said. Boom! Boom! Something heavy was slamming into the doors. The brace... The brace held, but a crack appeared in the left door. Dedalus worked furiously. A drop of hawk's hot wax spilled onto Icarius' shoulder. The boy winced, but did not cry out loud. When his, when his left wing was sealed to the straps, Dedalus began working on the right. We must have more time, Dedalus murmured. We were too early. We need more time to seal the door, to hold. It'll be fine, Icarius said as his father finished the right wing. Help me with the manhole. Crash! The door splintered and the head of the bronze battering ram emerged through the breach. Axis is, Axis cleared the debris. Two armed guards entered the room, followed by the king with a golden crown and the spear-shaped beard. Well, well, the king said with a cruel smile. Going somewhere? Dedalus and his son froze, their metal wings glimmering on their backs. We're leaving, Minos, the old man said. King Minus chuckled. I was curious to see how far you'd get on your little project before I dashed your hopes. I must say I'm impressed. King admired their wings. It looked like metal chickens, he decided. Perhaps we should pluck you and make you make a soup. The guards laughed stupidly. Metal chickens, one repeated. Soup? Shut up, the king said. Then he turned against, again to Deadless. You let my daughter escape, old man. You drove my wife to madness. You killed my monster and made me the laughingstock of the Mediterranean. You will never escape me. Icarius grabbed the wax gun and sprayed it at the king, who stepped back in surprise. The guards rushed forward, but each got a steam of hot wax in their face. The vent! Icarius yelled to his father. Get them! King Minos raged. Together, the old man and his son prized open the manhole cover and a column of hot air blasted out of the ground. The king watched incredulously as the inventor and his son shot into the sky with, on their bronze wings carried by the updrawn. Shoot them! The king yelled, but his guards had brought no bows and threw his sword in desperation. But Deadless and Icarius were already out of reach. They wheezed above the maze and the, in the king's palace, then zoomed across the city of Kno Knossos and out past the rocky shores of Crete. Icarius laughed. Free, father, you did it! The boy spread his wings to their full limit and soared away on the wind. Wait, Dedalus called, be careful! But Icarius was already over the open sea, heading north and laughing for their good luck. He soared up and, and scared an eagle out of its flight path, then plummeted towards the sea like he was born to fly, pulling out a nosedive at the last second. His sandals skimmed the waves. Stop that, Dedalus called, but the wind carried his voice away. His son was drunk on his own freedom. The old man struggled to catch up, gliding clumsily after his son.
They were miles away from Crete, over deep sea, when Icarus looked back and saw his father's worried expression. Icarus smiled. Don't worry, father, you're a genius. I trust your handiwork. The first metal feather shook loose from his wings and fluttered away. Then another. Icarus wobbled in midair. Suddenly, he was shedding bronze feathers. He was shedding bronze feathers. Why, which twirled away from like a flock of frightening birds. Icarus, his father cried. Glide! Extend the wings! Stay as still as possible! But Icarus flapped his arms, desperately trying to reset, resert control. Left wing went first, ripping away from the straps. Father! Icarus cried, and then he left. And then he fell. Wings stripped away until he was just a boy in a climbing harness in a wet tunic, his arms extended in a useless attempt to glide. He woke with a st- I woke with a start, feeling like I was falling. Corridors dark. In the constant moaning of the labyrinth, I thought I could hear the anguished cry of Daedalus's son calling his own name. Calling his son's name. His only joy plummeted towards the sea a hundred meters below. And that was the end of how much I will read for today. This chapter is extremely long, so I'm going to divide it into two episodes. Also, I'm I'm sorry uh, it took so long to get this episode out. Uh, I haven't been feeling well, so I took a pause. Uh, one week break, I think that's okay. Um, I'm sorry to start it off with a short 10-paged chapter, but um, yeah. It's... <clears throat> Yeah, but uh, please, please do uh, go to Podbean.com or download the app Podbean. Get up my um, search up my podcast, or well, you can't search my podcast, but search Percy Jackson and then look for my podcast. Um, with a special little icon thingy, and you can um, comment there. What do you think? Should um, should I do it like this? Is this a better voice than? I have my headset on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, bye.